this is the thing. It's like the the polite people thing, right? So long as you have the facade, so long as you pretend that you're like being cautious about it, or you feel even that you feel bad about it, then there's a lot of leeway built into that system for that. And I, I think the thing, the alarming thing, the thing that's like really making liberals feel like you know Christian Scientists with appendicitis is that this seems to be like out of fashion now, and that whether you are whether you're Putin or whether you're Netanyahu or anyone else, you can just be like, no, it's fine. We we actually love this shit. Cope and seethe about it. And so then, and so now it's like if you're a I don't know if you're like um Saab and you're making a new you know Gripen jet. You know, you're having, and maybe Israel wants to buy a few. You're looking at all the compliance required to sell them, and you're like, "Hang on a second, is this actually worth it?" It's but- not good news for Saab. We're going to have to go back to making the nine three turbo, which, to be <laughs> honest, was a lot more sick than some of the stuff we're making now. <laughs> right? But if you're if you're in that situation, and then you have to think, okay, well, how do we get all of these? How do we how do we get this stuff to our ally who we're going to be sort of continuing to unconditionally support because. Mm. This whole system of laws that we set up was just to support us doing this, but it was support. It was to support us doing this in ways that were deniable and sellable. Would, um, Riley, would you say that there's a sort of contradiction in the way these things are operating that's <laughs> heightening? I, I mm. would say that. And you know, if you want oh, to no. talk more about contradictions and these systems falling apart, all you have to do is look again at what is happening to stuff the U.S. is supposed to protect in the region, mm. like the Red Sea now. The Houthis are striking U.S. flagged ships, right? Yeah, it seems like yeah. the airstrikes have not worked. Yeah. Huh, crazy. Mm. <laughs> they've worked yeah. everywhere else they've been tried. Something well, that this keeps one happening. time, they didn't work. I mean, what I assume is, given that they, they don't work, we're probably going to stop doing them, right? Like This is this is what I don't get. If you want to stop the Houthis attacking shipping in the Red Sea, don't, like, you know, I'm leaving out, give them give the Houthis what they want. Just protect the shipping. Just you, you have, like, the biggest navy in the world just use it to protect the actual uh, ships uh, but it's busy uh doing donuts in the south china sea i'm afraid oh okay yeah. what for captain tom yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no there's the that chinese are just hearing about captain tom due to the great firewall <laughs> <laughs> like, i hope they built this man a sauna he deserves it oh, no. well, if they're just hearing about that now they're gonna have three joyous years of feeling as though Captain Tom's descendants got a sauna yeah. before finding out they didn't get to keep it. That's right. So, 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 right? But it's the same thing about, again, unspecified, but like sort of claimed to be Iranian-backed militant groups striking mm. American bases in Jordan. The West understands that it needs this to stop, but it was also going to take no steps to compel it to stop because these are two equally powerful... Uh, drives, which is mm. support our, support our allies against the barbarians under all circumstances, especially against Iran. But also, uh, we cannot deal with these many escalations that are happening. It is once again another. It's not just contradictions heightening in the kind of ideological space of things like international law, but it is contradictions heightening where. The West recognizes that, the West, broadly speaking, mostly the U.S., recognizes that it's not really able to respond to the to all of what is going on, either because it won't work or because it can't handle another escalation. I yeah. saw um, a very funny OSINT post about the attack in Jordan, because those guys are fascinating. I think those guys are so funny for like saying the quiet part out loud, because mm. they pretty much, not all of them, but pretty much all of them have an incredibly uncritical like Hillary Clinton type worldview. Um, like the most, the most hawkish version of Hillary Clinton. But yeah, there's this post where he was like, 
Iran, Iran has struck at these U.S. bases in Jordan. This is this is fully over the red line. Surely the U.S. response to this has to be disproportionate. And it's like he's spent so long commenting on this stuff that the the meaning of the word disproportionate force has changed to him to mean a good amount of force <laughs> because he's like, well, when people say proportionate, that's always doing gay shit, like not blowing up Iran. So surely. <laughs> Well, look, like I mean, on a very like logical level, he needs war to happen for the content to keep be, keep being mm, produced, right? That's true. It's yeah. in his, in his, it's in his, uh, in what well, it's in their, it's it's in their uh, interest for the war to sort of keep happening. Sorry, I misgendered yeah. the OSINT account for posting. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry if I misgendered any OSINT. <laughs> yeah, uh, non-binary OSINT. So uh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. So no. anyway. Anyway, right, this is, uh, I, I got a, a good um, quote from The Intercept of Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh, who said, we do not think that we are at war right now. Cool. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this, that's very Doctor Strange love, isn't it? <laughs> I got this map and this territory. Um, I mean, this is the thing, right? I, I think we've talked about before how this kind of, like, economic mode of the US and the UK is, is shifting from... I mean, maybe not so much now, but like, is shifting to this kind of like productivist thing, uh, this kind of like wartime neoliberalism, if you like. And I think one of the reasons why is to accommodate the fact that, due to there being absolutely no plan, no desire to have a plan, uh, and no coherence whatsoever, and everything being in the hands of one ninety-year-old man who says things like "Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes," uh, it's just going to be crisis after crisis, and it's going to lurch from from one to the other. And yeah, we're all kind of waiting for the the other shoe to drop in in Taiwan. You know, how mm. many years that takes. And you know, th- it comes back to we want to talk about um, uh, Western states wanting, understanding strategically that they need this to end, but also strategically can do nothing to compel it to stop. Is you can look at what's going on uh, with the proposals for peace that the UK, David Cameron, a man who a couple days ago was announced as. Being under our lead diplomat is now under more investigation by the serious fraud office. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, the obvious fraud office busy. <laughs> the the thing about the October seventh attacks, right, was that in the aftermath of them, there was this thing of like, not only can there be no ceasefire because of you know the horrendous crimes of Hamas, right, but it is now point blank immoral to talk to Hamas to negotiate with Hamas. This, this as Israel was negotiating with Hamas, and I, I just had this brief wave of sympathy, imagining the, um, the like the SIS officer, the British intelligence officer, whose job is to sit in the like the Salt Bay restaurant in Doha uh, and spend most of their time talking to Hamas, be, being instructed that like this is a sort of immoral thing for anyone to do, you mm. know. Well, it's the. Uh... We talk as well. We've talked before, even about this, even about like Israel as well. I just, I just think it speaks to the like fundamental like lack of seriousness. You, you should like invest in anyone telling you, oh, we we don't negotiate with with you know X group. But at the time, this was said like fully. Like if you, if you said that we should have ever talked to Hamas about anything, it meant that you were a Hamas supporter while you know while the government was doing it. So. Well, I, I mean, this. this I mean, goes, just because we fund Hamas, <laughs> it goes. It goes back to well, again, something we've talked about before—a pattern we've talked about. I'll before. fund Hamas, but I won't speak to them. They're just like my ex-wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, it goes back to something we've been talking about before, which is the the kind like elected politicians, especially like your your standard like I don't know like a uh, right wing um right wing labor mp mm. is ends up being much more hawkish than anyone in the defense establishment yeah right because they, uh, because they are in a they have become so disconnected 
you and have to talk to the like, like ninety-year-old yeah. guy who wants nothing more than to bomb Iran. Yeah, well, this also this is also true for any sort of like you know um, sort of mainstream Democrat in the states, but you know, Labour will will sort of focus on is that the is that they are so removed, right? They are so removed from anything than just the appearance of toughness because when things are pretty much collapsing and have been more or less in free fall for kind of as long as most people can remember if you were born in the early 1990s anyway right then all you can do is promise to be tough on the causes of that the mm. global war on terror unwinnable so all you could do is project constant toughness yeah and every labor politician is like hair wet from the school toilets like i am tough Hamas will never intimidate me, not unless there's a toilet nearby that they can dunk my head in. <laughs> and so, you again get situations where you're saying it is Im- it is immoral to ever consider anything that would involve like negotiating with Hamas, who just controls that territory. But at the same time, everyone in the security establishment being like, no, 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 we have to talk to them every day at the Panda Express in Doha, basically. <laughs> Yeah, because because they're, they're a government, because they're like basically a state actor. Like, yeah, and, and and there is a lot of hay to be made in sort of global North politics in never recognizing that fact because that's mm, backing down. Yeah, we only have to recognize it at all the stuff that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kim, Kim Philby being loose at the pizza, <laughs> the, the fucking Panda Express, <laughs> and Tara being like, "Oh, I suppose it's Kung Pao chicken again." <laughs> ah, I miss working for the communists. <laughs> it was easier then. <laughs> do you do you like gay sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagining yeah. all of those people who are like, "How do you, as an LGBT person, like support Palestinian rights?" Don't you know that Hamas would throw you off the roof or whatever? And meanwhile. Hamas in Doha talking to the most flagrantly homosexual British intelligence officer yet and produced. And that's a league table. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>